Welcome to the third episode of the Thunder Sports Report. I'm Rusty Lindsay, joined with Abram Erickson. And Abram, kind of a quiet week. Uh, at our level, we did get some good news in that the campus-wide testing results came back with only uh, one positive test, so certainly a testament to the great job that the campus has been doing and um, being COVID safe and Thunder strong here this semester and kind of just adjusting to what needs to happen for this semester to to stay the way it is. Yeah, Rusty, we were all so pleasantly, um, you know, surprised by the news. And of course, we've been making a lot of sacrifices here on campus just in the way that we do things and a shift from normal life. Um, the administration, of course, has been um, great in communicating to us what expectations are. Students, um, as evidenced by the test results, have done a great job following those. And um, I think we were just all so excited to hear the news um, that we only had one positive test after testing I believe about um, 1,600 students um, just last weekend, um, or possibly a little more than that. So, um, of course, that's great news for us, um, just hearing that people are staying healthy on campus. But I think, of course, that's got to be good news um, for sports as well. Um, don't know what the trickle down will look like there exactly, but um, teams are still practicing. And, of course, they're trying to do that in the safest and most healthy way. And this has shown that, um, you know, practices that, that athletes have been going through have not been at all hot spots or, or haven't been issues um, for, for health or safety. Um, and so I think really encouraging results for the campus and for athletics here um, that we got in this past week. Yeah. And I know the coaches are encouraged as they're allowed to kind of amp up some of the things they're allowed to do in practice with a few more minutes of scrimmaging. And, and I think there's just been a lot of encouragement all the way around as we build towards what is hopefully an active winter and, and spring, but not, not to kind of, uh, spend too much time as we have to, as we've got a lot of lot to get into with this week's guest, which is All American track uh, sprinter and hurdler Favor Ezawuzi, and and Favor had the unfortunate experience of being out at the national championship event when the winter season was was really canceled uh, on the eve of of what could have been her first national championship. So certainly a unique perspective uh, from her, but uh, just just certainly uh, one of the great stories of Wheaton. Uh, as the, kind of the more you talk to people at Wheaton, the more these stories really develop. So really glad that we got the opportunity to talk to Favor and kind of excited to, to share her story and her Wheaton experience with you here on the Thunder Sports Report. All right, we're joined here with a member of the women's track and field team, Favor Ezewuzi. And Favor, thanks for taking the time to to join us. I know you're, you're very busy, but it's great to have you on the Thunder Sports Report here as we kind of get into the launch <laughs> of of this thing. And and I know you, you have a unique perspective uh, that I know not many people have in that you were at a national championship event that ended up being, being canceled while you were there. Uh, and so we'll get to that, but I guess I want to kind of start at the beginning and, and how you kind of came about choosing Wheaton and, and what that process looked like. I know everyone has a unique story, so I'd love to hear how you kind of ended up at Wheaton in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me and for providing a way for our school to kind of be involved in athletics in some way or another. Um, but yeah, I came to Wheaton after having a conversation with one of the dean of my school and he spoke to me about Wheaton and he said, have you ever heard about Wheaton? And I was like, you know, I didn't hear at all about 
Wheaton or wasn't really interested in going to Illinois. I was from Boston, Massachusetts. So the, the pool of colleges is really, there's a lot. So for me to go out to Illinois was um, a pretty big deal, but I was interested in Gordon college, hoping to play basketball there. Um, Kind of as senior year came around, it was more um, the options became a little bit when you're thinking about how much can we afford and what colleges can we afford? I was looking at Gordon College in the area, and so the dean of schools, dean of high school at my uh, private school, spoke to me and said, "You know, Wheaton is a really great school. I went there. He's actually the son of Don and Ann Church, um, and he spoke to me and said, hey, this school is great, and there's a scholarship I think you would qualify for, so I think you should look into it.' So." After that, I looked into Wheaton and looked at it online, and it seemed like a school I wanted to be a part of and hopefully um, play basketball there as well. And so after kind of looking into it and applying, I um, things came through at the end. <laughs> I didn't really – figuring out money and scholarship was pretty hard, but I was able to receive the scholarship and earn it, um, Don and Ann Church Scholarship, which was kind of the – um, the reason why I wanted to come because that was going to provide for my just education, but also hoping to play basketball there after deciding way later, not until May. So basketball wasn't quite the option as, as a recruit, but maybe as a tryout, as a walk-on. But as I um, came to Wheaton, they told me that they weren't hosting tryouts despite kind of conversations I did have earlier with them. But I looked in helping out with the team in any way I could and then found out that one of my friends was trying out for the track team and thought, oh, well, like, it would sound really great for me to stay in shape and work out and want to train up for the to join the um, basketball team in the sophomore year. So that was that. And trying out for the track team was really great and it turned out to be a great fit and I loved it and so decided to keep going with it and let basketball go after eight or nine years of doing basketball my whole life so had you had yeah. any experience with track prior to prior to, to walking on here at Wheaton or was was this just kind of a leap of faith that you said hey this might be an opportunity to like you had like you said stay in shape do some competing and and maybe right. circle back to basketball again in the winter yeah, it was sixth and seventh grade. I did long jump and the 100 <laughs> and the 200, and that was about it. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what I knew. So when I spoke to Coach Bradley, you know, he said, do you have any experience? And I said, you know, I did long jump when I was in sixth grade, and and that kind of was – it stuck with me. Um, and was pretty. I was pretty good at it in sixth grade, but who knows, six or seven years later, if I could still do it. But um, yeah, that was the only exposure I had to track. Basketball was was my love, and I just um, ended up playing it for for a very long time. So yeah, that was the only exposure I had, and it was the only thing that I thought, okay, I can just run on the track team, maybe try some hurdles. But the goal was basketball. So how when how long did it take to kind of to click that that maybe this is something that is is more than just um filling filling your time or, or keeping you ready for something else that this is something that you could really excel at Yeah it was 
our four by one qualifying for nationals when it hit me that, oh, this is this is a big deal one. And um, this sport is really amazing. Being able to be exposed to such a high level of track being at nationals, um, you see amazing athletes and their abilities, you know, to hurdle or to, to long jump and to pull vault. And you just see the dynamics of track and field. And I never had that kind of exposure in high school because my high school didn't have track. Um, so they only had middle school track and I didn't get such an amazing exposure besides watching in the Olympics, which I thought was so fun and amazing. And we all love track in the Olympics, but I didn't have such an intimate exposure to track, which I was doing it and I had teammates and it was the four by one. So it was kind of an ability for me. It was an opportunity for me to see how amazing this sport was and then realize, okay, you know, I'm pretty good at it and I can be on a team with friends and do four by one and, and, and qualify and learn what all American is and um, be on that podium. That meant a lot to me. And so that was that was when it stuck me stuck out to me that hey i should keep doing this and i could get better and especially with hurdling i i saw that um breaking our school record in the in the 60 hurdles that i had no idea that there was a record or that you know, that was set and so to do that was like oh you know I, this is my first year. I wonder if I can get better. What would happen if I keep running? What would happen? So that was when it clicked to me that, hey, I can I can keep doing this sport and it's fun and it's a great team. How much do you feel like you benefited that first year from being a nationals with a relay where you're training with, obviously as a sprinter, you need to be pushed by other sprinters. So you have that core and the rest of your relay team to kind of push and build you as, as that first year goes along to, and also kind of just, that you're admittedly kind of young, kind of new to this. So to really mold what the sprinter mentality looks like. How, sorry, can you repeat that question? Yeah, I kind of got lost in the question. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that first year being with the, with the, at nationals with the relay team, mm -hmm. how much do you feel like looking back on that, that it helped you that you had three other sprinters that could push right. you both as part of that relay right. and in practice right. to kind of mold what that, what that looked like to yeah. compete at the highest level for a sprinter. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the three girls that were on that four by one, my freshman year had, exposure to, you know, competing at state in their high school track or going to nationals the previous year um, for the four by four. And so their, their experience was so helpful to me, but also just seeing the ways they knew, okay, this is how we hand off. This is how we warm up. Um, obviously I learned that at the beginning of the year, but to see and to learn the importance of handoffs as, as a four by one, it's so important to have good handoffs and the way that we work towards it and our stepping, it was really important to be around them and to see their mindset. Obviously I was ready to compete and to, to be there and to work hard, but a lot of part of me was also like, this is so new and I'm learning this. And so it was really useful to have those three girls and our bonds that we have now is, is, is important and incredible to just see the ways that we've gone since freshman year. And even sophomore year, we had a four by four and working towards that. But 
they significantly influenced my view of track and it's not just an individual sport. Relays are incredible in the ways that you can work together and do some really hard workouts and, and push through for, for the means to, to be able to place at nationals and to represent the school and to do well. And so seeing that mindset and the ways that we grew together and went through some really hard workouts together was needed. Um, and their experience was useful to my own experience and exposure to track in the beginning. I don't know if that answered fully your question, but. Yeah. Yeah. So you fast forward to this year and, and obviously you'd had all, all American experiences, uh, or finishes several times, but you come into the national championship in the indoor season with, with a top national time in an event, a top three, another like you're on you're right there ready to claim that national championship and all of a sudden the NCAA comes down all the remaining championships are canceled and you're just you're you're what's the experience like there um because you're yeah. you're, you're literally the day before the event and all of a sudden right. it's gone right yeah oh that that was that was difficult especially when you are working the entire season hopefully for nationals, you know, that that's, that's the end in sight. You're, you're getting better. You're working towards that. You're trying to cut down your time. You're trying to prepare to be around the best, um, athletes in the nation and your event. And so every, every meet I had before then was, was preparing myself up to that. And so, and every workout and every lift was, you know, one, I get this opportunity, one, to glorify the Lord, but also to, to compete at such a high level. And I'm working towards that. And so, um, to sit there and to, to have everything kind of blow up the day before hearing that Wheaton was closing, was, was shutting down was, was a little bit, it was very unsettling, but to hear that, okay, I at least had nationals and I'm going to work towards that. And then, um, ready to compete and go out hard. But then, um, after running at the facility, feeling out how it, how, where I'm going to run, what lane, um, and to then have my coach sit down next to me and let me know that it was canceled. That was, was heartbreaking. I needed, I needed, needed several hours to process that and to, to consider, will I ever have the opportunity of running again? Especially as a senior, it's one thing, it's devastating for a lot of people, but when you're a senior, it's, this is, this is all I've kind of got. And, um, I don't get to wear the Sweeten jersey again indoors, and that's lost. And I don't. There's no guarantee I'll ever have that. I don't have indoor nationals again, so I have outdoor, and that's it. And I love indoor, Rusty. I outdoor is is there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that make outdoor hard, but also it's amazing. But indoor, there's something about indoor, and I love that. So I think that was really difficult to hear and. Um, it was pretty much, um, a really devastating time. And yeah, that was, that was not what any athlete wants to go through or let alone any, anyone. That's a tough thing. Having your season just ripped away from you like that. You obviously you're in your senior year, second semester. So you don't have that time to, to really make a decision to leave classes out. So how do you come to the decision to, to use that fifth year that's available for you and to come back for the outdoor season this year? Yeah. Um, it was, it was significantly hard because it was in March, you know, it's not at the end of a season. It's not, um, something that you're plan planning for. You know, I have this idea that I'm 
taking these classes and I'm graduating in May. And so I think I had to, to wrap my head around the suddenness of, wow, I, school has just went online. I, because of COVID, I just lost a season, you know, all these dreams. And so I think for a while I had to just sit with the reality of, um, in many ways, like trauma that just, just occurred and it seemed like a nightmare. And so then I had to begin to prepare for, okay, you know, what am I going to do about this now? Now that I've wrapped my head around this and it's painful, can I come back? Is this something I can do? And so I had to obviously talk with my coach and um, just hear his thoughts and family and people around me. And obviously um, track is a gift and it's, and it's um, a blessing to be a part of it, but is it, was it worth something for me to wait a whole nother year to continue to be in? And so being able to assess um, and, and financially being able to see if that was something I could do. It all worked out, but it definitely was very difficult. And um, I'm excited to come back for another year, but it definitely has felt like a sacrifice, but a sacrifice that I know will be worth it and will, will be a gift that I won't look back on and regret. So once, once you make that decision and you've got to deal with the hardship of having to stay in your training routine, and out and yeah. that gets that's a little counterintuitive because everyone says, Well, you're a runner, you can kind of train everywhere, but when you're a sprinter <laughs> and a hurdler, that's not exactly the case. No. So how do you how do you go about finding ways to to stay in that routine and to to do what you need to do to to get into your rhythm and be able to come back and compete again this year? Right. And especially during COVID, so many tracks were shut down. So it was where can I go? And so at times there was, you know, running on some gravel at a middle school because that's all we had. But um, it, it's really hard. It was hard to find hurdles. Um, and so I'm thankful for some tracks that, you know, I had to drive 20 minutes, 25 minutes to find a track with hurdles. And um, there was that risk of still being kicked off because, you know, it was an open area, but were we allowed to be there? So, um, that was something that, yeah, I had to deal with because it's not just I can go run on a trail. Um, I needed hurdles and at times I needed blocks. And so um, I'm thankful that my coach was around and was able to, you know, give me a block. Sometimes gave me his man-made um, hurdles or, you know, made out of um, different things he found at Home Depot. But it was really difficult to stay training in many, even Olympic athletes were on the streets training. and so. Um, there was a, there's a unity in a lot of athletes figuring out how to keep running, um, and showing the ways that they were able to stay active at home. So there was that sense of like, we're all in this together, but it was difficult. You go from training with a team inside and having 20, 30 people together. And then all of a sudden you're alone trying to figure out how to stay in shape. It's difficult. How does how does the team aspect of of training for because you mentioned that that the the community there how does the team the team aspect of an individual sport like track kind of help you and to to find the motivation you need when when it's that hard to find these places to train? You know, it's hard to get into a car and um, take the blocks and arrive at a track when you have a really hard workout ahead of you and you don't have a coach, you don't have a teammate, you don't have anyone there to be like, you've got this, you can push through this. You know, when you're getting tired, you, you almost have to, to tell yourself, make this rep the best, or, you know, you're, you're, you get, you focus on this and this rep or focus on this. So you have to be your teammate and your coach all at once. And it's a, it was something I struggled with during, you know, 
during quarantine was this is really difficult and I miss, you know, when you have teammates that you're hurdling with, they, they support you. They, you know, they yell at you, keep going, keep going. And it's, it's a huge part of being a part of a team is to have support and to have people by your side when it's hard. And so that was, I think the most difficult part for me was I've lost, um, all the parts of track that I do love. I love to compete and I love the team. And I, so how do I fall in love with just this process of working hard, even when I don't have my coach yelling at me or I don't have a teammate. And so I'm thankful that I was able to still push through and the Lord was (laughs) kind of my only, my only teammate and comforter there. But um, yeah, I made it through and I'll keep making it through until I'll be back with the team in, in the spring. We've obviously talked about your athletic success, but you're also very involved in the campus community. And I know for a lot of athletes, just the schedule of training and and all that comes with that and and the weightlifting and the rehab and everything that goes into that schedule can kind of take up all your free time. But you're very involved with Mm -hmm. a lot of campus activities. So how how did Mm -hmm. you get involved originally with those and and how have those kind of worked their way into being enough of a priority that you obviously spend – what little free time you have continuing to be involved in other things off the track. I think with track, I, um, and being a student at Wheaton, I, I saw the, um, opportunities I had to be involved in other, in things besides track. And coach Bradley is a coach that very much encourages us to be involved in different things on campus, not just track. Track shouldn't be your soul. Um, all in all, you know, it's, it's okay if it is, but, get to know different people, get plugged into different communities, because that will, that will inform the ways that you um, fall in love with Wheaton or just experience Wheaton. And um, I was involved with the Black Student Union at Wheaton. And so they poured into me in so many ways. And I realized that I needed that because um, being one of 40 black women on campus, that, that, that comes with the burden that comes with so many different things. And so to have that community, that was important to me. And so I wanted to be a part of that and be a part of um, just pouring back into that, but also realizing that like the Lord had um, just tugged on my heart to, to care about um, issues of justice and care about issues of um, just racial injustice in our world. So that was important to me of, okay, how do I make sure that I, I have an influence on our campus, whether it's in track um, as well, but also um, in those areas, because um, I don't just want to be involved in running, you know, I want to make a difference. Um, and I want to be a part of uh, proclaiming Christ. And in, in that, that's, that to me is also a way that I can do that and was a way that I did that. How, we've, we've obviously seen a rise throughout the past few months of, of athlete activism. And how have you seen those, those voices at the top of their profession kind of use their platform to, to raise awareness of issues and how does that affect the way that you go about using your platform um, to impact those around you and, and raise awareness of issues that are important to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's been beautiful and healing for me to see a lot of athletes um, use their voice to um, to emphasize um, just the injustice that we're seeing in our country. Um, and, um, because I think what it is, is that we have a platform, thousands of people can watch us shoot a ball or hit a tennis ball or, or run, but 
life is so much more important than that. Life, you know, there are people who are struggling. There, there are systems that are oppressing others. And so it's like, how do we move beyond just entertainment or just um, pure talent, but move into this platform that we have can make a greater impact. And so it, it simply isn't just this. And I think as a Christian, that has in, that very much shapes my own framework because it's more than just running track. It's more than just hurtling to me. It's um, if I'm pursuing the Lord and pursuing righteousness then and pursuing God, God is justice. And so everything that I do with, you know, when I run or when I talk to someone is that I pursue that. And if our world is, is not walking in that way, then that is something we have to talk about. That's, that's something that's important. And so, you know, we'll talk about if some other person's hurt here, or we'll talk about if, if, um, one athlete has just been injured, but like, what about, you know, the injustices that we're seeing in our country, are we going to talk about these things? And so that platform that I've learned is that, um, as a Christian is we have, a, we have a duty and we have a call and we can't stay silent. And, you know, where people are so obsessed with unity that we forget that it's important that we talk about these things, even if it feels divisive, so that the Lord can bring us together so that we can call out the things that are important. So, yeah, I think that has for sure emphasized um, um, what I'm passionate about and um, what I think all of all of us as Christians and you should be passionate about. Well, Favor, this has been great. We appreciate you taking a few minutes and, and letting people get to know a little bit about about you and, and your career here at Wheaton. And we wish you all the best and hope that we get a chance to see you out on the track here in the spring. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. All right. Well, we are so grateful to hear from Favor this week on the Thunder Source Report. And Rusty, so glad you got the chance to um, speak with her and hear about her experience um, from her beginning of her time at Wheaton all the way through um, up until most recently this year. And like you said at the beginning of the podcast, I mean, hers is just such an incredible story with um, originally coming to Wheaton kind of at the last minute, not really thinking track was going to be a part of that plan, if not only for um, some training, but ultimately becoming such a successful athlete um, who uh, during these last couple months um and last year has had incredible success on the um track and field arena and uh had to go through one of the toughest um you know news to receive while she was at the national championship like you mentioned i think that's been the experience for a lot of athletes as they were disappointed that their final season um was cut short for the seniors specifically but um i think hers possibly is the most acute case of that around campus um as someone who was literally there, um, like she had said, had walked around the track, had, had planned out the race, and um, to then hear that things were canceled, of course, was such a um, difficult thing. And I appreciated um, the honesty that she shared um, in how tough that was. But we're excited, of course, to have her back um, this year for the outdoor season. And um, she got a chance to talk a little bit about um, the community aspect of, of track and how she was mentored by older track athletes um, during her time as as a young um, athlete on the team. And of course, she was too humble to mention it. But I've got to say that I've seen her um, as as assuming that role during these last couple of years, too, and continuing to do that now as she's back for her fifth year. So um, incredible to see Favor um, working out with 
athletes um, one-on-one, leading them through workouts, doing the same things that she felt was so important from older students and older athletes when she was there. And then, um, Rusty, I'm glad you talked about her role on campus. Um, It's so important and great to hear from her how she's been encouraged um, by athletes who've used their platform um, during these last months as our country's dealt with issues of racial injustice. And Favor's certainly been a voice on campus that um, continues to remind us that those things are not separated from us and that we need to hear from that too. Um, She's used her platform here during her time at Wheaton um, and continues to do that. Um, And she's such an appreciated and valued member of our campus and um, such such a successful one on and off the field. I just appreciate the chance that we got to hear from her today. Yeah, certainly appreciate her taking the time to talk to us and, and, and in all, in all actually taking the time over several days as we had some difficulties recording uh, this episode and this interview with her. But that, like you said, she's, hers is a unique voice and hers is a voice that the campus benefits from getting to have around for another year. And uh, we're certainly excited and hoping, especially for her sake, that uh, we can get the spring season off and give her a chance to, to win that national championship that's, that she probably should have had um, um, before the shutdown. Mm-hmm. So thanks again to, to Favor for taking the time uh, to, to talk with us and, and share uh, one of the unique experiences of Wheaton. We're just really thrilled that we got the chance to share her story with you. Um, and we're excited to get to share more stor- student stories uh, as we go along here on the Thunder Sports Report. We've obviously talked with some alums, with Judah Newby and coaches, with Jesse Scott, but uh, we're really looking forward to getting to share the stories of our athletes uh, on the podcast here, and we'll continue to do so as we move forward. Uh, again, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find it on Spotify on the Thunder Sports Report, and you can also find it on Stitcher. Um, hope if you, if you like the podcast, share it with your friends, give us a good review. Um, I know that's always helpful, but really appreciate all the uh, response that we've had. Uh, if you have feedback or questions or suggestions for people we should have on the podcast, shoot us an email at WTSN, WTSN at Wheaton.edu. Thanks again to Abram Erickson. I'm Rusty Lindsay. This has been episode three of the Thunder Sports Report. We've got a special guest coming up for you next week. Stay tuned and have a great week. Thank you.